Welcome to Truckee Podcast. My name is Sebastian. This podcast is all about trucking. We love diesel engines, semi-trucks, being on the road, and freedom. So let's go. All right, welcome to Truckee Podcast. My name is Sebastian. Today, my special guest is Andrew Plank. How are you doing, Andy? Good, good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for uh, taking time to uh, chat with me for a little bit about your business. I appreciate that always. Uh, so how's everything going so far today for you? Uh, it's going uh, going well. So uh, we're, uh, you know, closing out the month. It's uh, shipments continue to be strong. So uh, we're, we're in a good situation out here. Good, good. So uh, I want to take it step by step, kind of maybe just first. I'll ask you to tell me about your company, what's the company name, what your role is, and what do you guys do? Okay, so uh, company name is uh, Blue Eagle Logistics. Uh, we service uh, what's called the Lehigh Valley and uh, Northeastern Pennsylvania for first and final mile uh, freight services. Most of what we deal with is uh, air and express freight, uh, a lot of high value cargo, auto and aircraft parts, uh, electronics, uh, some military gear, pharmaceuticals, medical machines, uh, and uh, also the, you know, the growing uh, residential business as well. So when somebody orders the 96 inch, uh, 275 pound TV, they'll get somebody like me to deliver it because the UPS or the FedEx guy doesn't want to deal with uh, something that, that large. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. So you're 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 competing with the big guys on the home deliveries, then, yeah? Uh, yeah, um, I would say we're a service provider for the for the big guys, um, you know, because they're not set up to handle what's called heavy, hard to handle freight for resi- residential deliveries. So, um, and in our part of uh, Northeast Pennsylvania. Um, you know, there's uh, they can't really justify having a footprint here. Whereas we deal with more than 300 different freight forwarders, we can bring in uh, freight from a lot of different places, consolidate it, and fill out a fill out a truck for a profitable day. So, do you you also own a warehouse? Yes. Well, we we lease a warehouse. You, so you, we've got about 35,000 square feet here. And we've got another 5,000 square feet in uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania, about 75 miles north of here, uh, where we do cross docking. Okay. Tell me, how big is your fleet? How many units do you have? Uh, we've got uh, 19 units, uh, uh, mostly straight trucks. I think we've got 11 uh, 26-foot straight trucks, all with lift gates. And we've got six tractors and probably about 10, uh, 10 53-foot uh, trailers. Okay, that's a that's a decent, a very nice uh, uh, size fleet. So tell me uh, your beginnings. How long have you been doing this? Uh, are you the founder of the company? Uh, so no, I'm I'm not the founder of the company. I was uh, doing. I did 25 years in the corporate world, uh, always with dreams of having my own business someday. I did construction materials distribution in the cement, and then later in the uh, steel industry. Um, the guys in the uh, cement and the steel mill would tell you they're very proud of their product, but uh, the construction contractors we dealt with, they were more worried about the logistics. Uh, are you going to have trucks there at 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. 
So my $500 an hour crane operator is not sitting there with nothing to do. Yeah. Um, so it was a logistics game. And uh, we, we focused very heavily on truck, rail, barge, and even ocean freight. Okay, so tell me about the beginnings of the business. So you, did you acquire it? Yeah, well, so yeah. So, uh, uh, so um, in 2012, I got fired. Okay. <laughs> they, uh, they, um, uh, the parent company wanted to sell off uh, the steel company I was working for. And um, you know, when the new owners came in, they said, thank you very much for helping with the sale, but we're putting our own people in place. And I got let go, and luckily, um, you know, that kind of gave me the kick in the butt to finally get serious about, uh, you know, trying to do something mm -hmm. on my own. And I searched and searched, talked to, talked to a lot of friends about what should I do. Most of them said, oh, you're crazy. Go back in the corporal world. <laughs> <laughs> and I just couldn't. I, I just felt like if I didn't do this that, at, at that time, I would never do it. And um, so I found a small courier company in Spring, PA. The guy was in his late 60s, wanted to sell out. And um, I made him an offer. I, you know, like I said, with my background in uh, logistics, I, you know, it wasn't totally foreign to me. Although the final mile was, you know, a lot of learning curves, but, uh, you know, it worked out well. And so in 2013, uh, closed on the deal and we're coming up on 10 years in the spring. Wow. Congratulations. That's amazing. That's, that's great. So tell me was when you purchased the company, how big was the op the operation? Uh, about $2 million in revenue. Okay. And, uh, we're going to be approaching 6 million this year. So, um, things are, uh, the, the Northeast have become a huge distribution hub for all the new England and New York City, Philadelphia, and it's like Warehouse Central out here in Allentown and Scranton. Okay, so tell me a little bit about that initial, the first year of when you started operating and, and owning the business. Like, how was that for you? Um, it was, uh, I mean, it's good memories, but it was painful because, you know, um, you know, I was, I was heavy in sales, heavy in logistics. And I found out all the things you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, how do you do payroll? You know, uh, you know, dealing with people, uh, you know, dealing with the drivers who, um, you know, while they were experts, sometimes could be uh, challenging. That's <laughs> a kind way of saying it. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, I, I eventually learned over the years, uh, I'm a, I'm a I'm very good at sales. I'm very good at understanding the technical aspects of logistics, but I'm not an operator. And uh, in the last couple of years, we've gotten some operations people here, and that allows me to go concentrate on the strategy, the sales, the marketing, the stuff that I'm good at, and allows him to actually pull the levers and make the company go, and our results show that. Okay, so you said you just hired uh, recent, re two years ago. You said right, you found, yeah. uh, hired an opera operator. Yeah. Um, so that's still seven years into the operation. Were you operating the business since since the beginning? Uh, yeah. So I, I, you know, I was the operator for probably the first 
uh, five, four or five years. Uh, in 2017, 18, I don't remember the exact dates, but you know, I hired my first operations manager and he was good, but um, he was never gonna help us grow beyond a certain point. He was one of those guys had everything up here in his head. And um, I, you know, I love the guy. He, he was great to, uh, for us. But once we were starting to get to a size where we needed systems and to be able to scale, uh, he wasn't going to be able to help us with that. And you know, so we had to go out and get outside talent you know, that understood systems thinking, um, and uh, you know, so that we can grow. So when did you see the the company to start getting traction and picking up and starting to maybe become what you've envisioned? Um. I, I would say just in the last uh, 18 to 24 months, um, we, we were kind of, you know, we, we'd go into this and get out. Uh, we, we started heavy in the printing business, um, which, you know, is a dying industry. Um, you know, we do political mail, healthcare brochures, stuff like that. And all the printers were going out of business. Yeah. And so we had to quickly you know, shift gears. And so we really concentrated on the air and express freight market, got everybody TSA uh, certified as transportation security administration. And so we could go in and out of the airports. And then that really helped us grow with uh, a bunch of the orders that we're dealing with today. Um, and so that was probably about 2016. We made that shift. Um, and, um, yeah, so, um, I lost my train of thought there. No, you, you were totally on track with that. I got exactly what I wanted. So 16, but tell me, I'm curious about the, uh, when you guys were approved to go into the airports, how, how is that whole process? Cause I, I, I have no idea how that works. Was that, is that a difficult, uh, I mean, it's, it's not difficult. There's, you know, there's some training and, uh, that needs to take place to your drivers, you know, you got to maintain a current driver list, you know, but it's, you know, it's criminal background check and they need to be able to pass a test on, uh, you know, knowing some of the airport security standards, you need to have your warehouse set up with, uh, you know, with security and cameras as well. But uh, it's, it's just going through the process of checking the boxes and making sure everybody's trained. Okay. Tell me about the driver pool, because what I understand, uh, you have a ton of uh, straight trucks, right? How is the yeah. driver pool, and is it difficult to find drivers to operate those? So we've, um, I think we've been fortunate here. We, um, so a lot of our straight truck drivers have been with us for more than uh, five years now, and I think they know and appreciate the culture we have here at uh, Blue Eagle. Um, as far as, you know, taking care of the customers, you know, servicing them well. Um, you know, we're in an express freight business, so, uh, you know, we're not hauling commodities. So people are paying us 10x <laughs> yeah. what a uh, lumber truck maybe is getting paid. So the service has got to be there. You've got to make your cuts. You've got to make your airline schedules. And... Um, and so we've got a real core of uh, straight truck drivers that really, uh, really understand that. And then I think the other thing that has helped 
is we've really relied on employee referrals <clears throat> that drivers refer other drivers. Uh, we really tar we get a referral where we really target that driver uh, for hiring under the theory, and I, I believe it's true that most people aren't going to refer a knucklehead to yeah. their to their job. You know, yeah. they're going to want to look good. So yeah. when we get a referral, we we're all over that. Okay. Uh, so how is the competition within your space where you at? Is there a lot of competition where you can, you know, you see the driver pool kind of mixing around and jumping or moving from uh, company to company? Yeah, so we've, we've, we've intentionally not tried to uh, pirate drivers, I guess I would call it, from our competition. We try and find drivers on our own and train them to, uh, to our standards. I, my, you know, my concern with going after drivers, uh, two of my competitors, I mean, there's probably five competitors here, but is that all you're going to end up doing is, you know, they're okay, you took mine, I'm going to take yours. And I just think that's a waste of time. I think you're better off getting your own driver, training them to the standards that you, uh, that you have and, uh, you know, so they can succeed on the road. Tell me about the requirements for drivers. What what are the requirements you you need you need for somebody to get them in yeah, a truck? Yeah, so we have, we'll hire CDL drivers. Uh, we, we need them to have their hazmat certification. Not that we're doing a ton of hazmat, but um, you know they need to be able to know what can and what cannot go on an airplane. So there's a screening component to it. I mean, we you know we do handle some hazmat, but you know it might be a 30 pound box <laughs> yeah, yeah we're not doing truckloads of uh of hazmat so um so we want them to be aware uh, for safety's sake because you know you you hand a piece of freight to a tsa carrier it's it's as if you've gone through the you know metal gates we all love at the airport so we're responsible so. yeah what about uh, years of experience how many years do you guys require um We've, uh, we've typically, you know, won at least two years experience and, uh, you know, in driving with tractor drivers, we, you know, would prefer to they have four or five. Um, but, you know, we've also got some, we've had some class A drivers here that were straight truck drivers that have had their class A's. And we've recently started to uh, use some of our other class A drivers to train them up um, and, uh, you know, get them get them back in the uh, tractor trailer so you're try are you expanding that uh, uh, semi truck operation too outside of uh, is yeah. that your plan tell me about a little about your plan or how you yeah we're I mean yeah we're um, you know there's there's a lot of uh, I think they describe themselves as freight tech companies <laughs> that have entered the market and um, you know we've had a couple of those approach us about you know, supporting their operations. So, you know, we're going to JFK Airport, we're going to Newark, um, and uh, more and more Philadelphia as well. And, uh, you know, we, we need trailer loads to uh, line haul that freight back here. And then, you know, of course, you got to downstack and sort it to make the final delivery. So, uh, but that's been going very well for us. And you, you said you have six tractor trailers, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, do you have a goal uh, of a number of trucks that you're trying to, to get by next year or just uh, organic growth? 
it's just it's just been organic growth where yeah i i wouldn't say i have a goal i'm more concerned about having a healthy operation and you know obviously with everything going on in the world today with uh, fuel prices inflation um i think we're going to you know possibly sail right through this because of the nature of air freight and last mile but you know there's always that back of the mind like i'm I'm concerned about what you know what does 2023 bring to us yeah are you seeing any slowdown yet do you seeing any anything you know the the first slowdown we saw was uh, about the second week of october you know we've been very very busy uh we did see a uh, slowdown the second week of october but we're we're back ahead of budget again now um it really surged again this week so it's it's still very difficult to kind of read the tea leaves okay tell me andy a little bit about your fleet and uh, trucks do you lease them buy them what do you, how do you go about that uh so i lease you know penske and rider we lease trucks from uh for our straight trucks um and uh we've we <laughs> used to be able to get lease to own deals for trailers uh, those don't seem to exist anymore that i can find But yeah, so we're leased, we own six of our trailers, we lease the rest. Um, and tractors, I, I don't know, I just, I've always believed in buying the tractors. So yeah. we're uh, friends with uh, one of the Mac dealers here in town. Um, and, uh, and I've also had good luck uh, finding used uh, Penske tractors that sometimes are surprisingly low mileage. Yeah. Yeah, so we've been pursuing that uh, lately as well. And are you buy you buying day caps? Yes, for the tractors, yeah, the tractor day, trailer. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not an overnight company. And do you guys service them? You have a service facility, or you outsource that? Yeah, we outsource that. We don't. Yeah, we don't have a shop here. That'd be nice to have. I'm sure we could, you know, probably turn stuff quicker. Waste you know waste a lot less time a driver hours shoveling trucks but we're not set up for that here at this time so we use a third-party vendor to uh, service all our equipment okay uh who's your ideal customer who do you if you were gonna tell me about your customer base you, you mentioned air freight and uh yeah you know i so i would describe my our ideal customer this way is that somebody who uh, has uh, good communication skills, uh, maybe this isn't the answer you're going to, going to expect, but, you know, somebody who's just, uh, you know, good communication, they, they give us a good, complete inquiry, open times, closed times, appointments. There's none of this, you know, we're finding out every step of the way, oh, it needs a lift gate. Oh, it needs an appointment. Oh. You know, somebody who can communicate with us well up front and is on top of it. Um, and um, and that we can really partner with. So, um, you know, we know we know most all of the shippers around here. We know what's expected. And um, so, you know, we want somebody who can uh, know us, have a relationship with us and trust us uh, that we're doing the right thing. So. Uh, not have a lot of back like whatever brand x shipper we know they needs an appointment i don't want to waste 
four emails and two phone calls on arguing about whether they need an appointment or not. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just like, we know what we're doing. We've done this before. Uh, let's, uh, let's communicate well. And then, you know, just also realistic expectations for, uh, look, we all want to do things perfectly. Uh, but some days, you know what's going to hit the fan yeah. and that we don't have a lot of drama around when things go wrong. We just, we, we deal with it. We acknowledge it, take responsibility, but we put it behind us and, uh, and we move on. Looking back all the years that you've been building the business, is there anything, any, any mistakes, any setbacks that you, you wish you could approach differently or solve differently? How would you do it second time around? Um, so second time around, you know, would have gotten operations help a lot sooner. Um, and, um, you know, we, we had, a, we had some safety issues, um, early on where, um, you know, I, I think of some drivers we had that just weren't looking back now. It's like, that guy's not safe yeah. <laughs> and we should have just you know, got rid of him rather than him, $5,000 accident, $5,000 accident, $10,000. You know, we kept hanging on to people too long. And uh, so people, you know, make the right people decisions and make them faster because, you know, they can really eat away at your, uh, at your culture. And, uh, you know, as you and I have talked about before, you know, one bad apple, all the good people are sitting there going, why aren't you doing something about that person? <laughs> so, yeah, 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 that's a That's a good one. I, isn't it interesting how you, I, I like that question just because, you know, we don't, we, we look back and assess our decisions in business and it's always, it's always related to people. I mean, in a service business, we do employ a lot of people and it's like, well, how do you get better at, picking you know the right pe people in place and because every every hire you do at that time and you know obviously with drivers background checks that's something else right but operations i have the same i share the same thing with you i i didn't have an operations person uh per se that was a little bit hazy confusing the roles weren't clear enough and and that was that was my biggest just as yours like hey bringing the right operations person in, in into that seat was it was uh -huh. one of the biggest mistakes right that could save not only a lot of time but well money obviously too right <laughs> yeah right right yeah right. So. Uh, t tell me about because uh, you mentioned um maybe being you're not sure about 2023 what do you think is going to happen next year i know we're playing a little predictable game here <laughs> a little crystal ball i I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like residential shipments have dropped, which to me is the number one sign that the homeowner doesn't have the money to, you know, fix up the house this year. Uh, you know, we used to have a sea of TVs at this time of year, large, big screen TVs. We're not seeing that this year. So that's, that's one indicator to me. And there's other Christmas related, you know, stuff. Um, do you see you know, peak? Do you see peak at this? Because uh, for me, it's about November, December. Do you see peak uh, in the same in your niche? Do you yeah. see that this around the same yeah, time? Yeah, we we typically see a Christmas peak that 
you know, has ended some years by Thanksgiving and other years we're still going, you know, crazy on Christmas Eve. So I don't see, unless it's still ahead of us, I don't see that happening this year. Um, our, we're busiest with commercial industrial freight. Um, and um, I, you know, because of the nature of what we do and the issues in the supply chain, there's a chance, I don't know what the chance is, but, you know, there's people still can't get parts, still can't get key machinery, can't get key, you know, key supplies to operate their factories. And when people can't get stuff, they use air freight. So there's a possibility that, you know, we may sail right through this thing, but I'm not, I'm not that confident in, uh, you know what? What'll happen with the economy? So, I, I, anyway. I, I agree. I agree with you on that. We we're not seeing peak. We it's we're end of end of October right now, and usually I see it uh, already. And to us, nothing's actually crystallizing. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's why I, I don't know. It will be definitely an interesting uh, year next year. But right, so tell me, what's your uh, past? The, the potential slowdown, the next five-year plan for you? The, the, is there anything specific that you're wanting to achieve? Well, we're, I mean, we're looking again at uh, uh, residential service, uh, something called white glove service, where you actually go into the home and hang the TV or unpack the furniture. You know, we're exploring that again. Um, you know, a gentleman from Amazon told everybody shipping was free. So, you know, you're still up against the rates that people expect to pay for that type of service. So, but it, we're evaluating that again. That's definitely a growth opportunity. We're also looking to move it into the uh, central Pennsylvania market uh, to our west in uh, Harrisburg, which will cover towns like Harrisburg, York State College, uh, that area. Uh, which we feel like would be a good fit for us because it's still small town Pennsylvania. City of Philadelphia is kind of its own animal and yeah. we're more small town people. So we feel like we could move into central PA. But the issue again is there's no warehouse space available. Yeah. So we're trying to set up a dock and I've been looking for more than 12 months for dock space and there's just nothing to be had. It's which is another one of these kind of contradictions going on with the economy right now. It's like, okay, things are slowing down, but what, why isn't there any warehouse space available? Yeah, I, I was thinking it's just the high inventory levels that the product's not moving qu quite an, yeah. quick, quickly enough, right? We Chicago has that problem. You have uh, chassis uh, bottlenecks. You have... Uh, you know, things sitting, cargo sitting on trailers because yeah. there's no warehouse space, right? So uh, people, I guess, are not buying fast enough, I would assume, right? Yeah, or or everything came in six weeks late, late and missed the spring sale season. And True. You know, so. Yeah. Andy, tell me, uh, what's your website? Where can people find you? Uh, so it's blueeagelelogistics.com and, uh, and then... Uh, you know, uh, abops at blueeaglelogistics.com for any inquiries. Are you also on LinkedIn? 
I'm on LinkedIn as well under Andy Plank and uh, uh, also Blue Eagle Logistics has its own webpage as well. Awesome. Andy, thank you very much for taking the time and chatting with me for a little bit. Appreciate you. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Subscribe, share, and we'll talk to you soon.